People have so many different hacks for getting a good night's sleep. And it's not to say that those don't work, but I really think you cannot discount the power of just good quality sheets and how much that can transform your sleep. I told you guys about these before, but as far as I'm concerned, Bowl and Branch are the best sheets on the market. And I think for me, the thing that like makes them so good is that they're really soft and luxurious while also being breathable. So they kind of work in all weather and their signature sheets are their best seller. They come in 14 versatile colors in all sizes from twin up to California King. I have them in the color stone. I have them in the color mineral. I have the waffle blanket. I have so many things from this company. Everything is just quality and their sheets are made with the finest 100% organic cotton and completely free from toxins. Also, they said this, but I didn't really get it until I started using the sheets. They do get softer with every wash and you'll see that. I've gotten these as gifts for so many people and every single person has been a repeat customer. And there's a 30 night worry-free guarantee. So you can wash style and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them, you can send them right back. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bolin Branch. Get 15% off your order when you use promo code CBC at BolinBranch.com. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com, promo code CBC. Exclusions apply, see site for details. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Joel. Hi, Em. We immediately, if not sooner, need to talk about the videos of Kim, Kendall, Bad Bunny at the Drake concert. That was some of the best content I've ever received in my life. There was so much happening. By the way, it was like two unbelievable things happening at the exact same time next to each other. Right, because it's Kim at the Drake concert in general, and then it's Kendall and Bad Bunny together, which we haven't I mean, we've seen, but we haven't seen them interact. And then on top of the fact that we're seeing them interact really for the first time, they're like fucking adorable. Like we've never seen Kendall like that. Well, forget about adorable. They're they're very drunk, which I say lovingly. <laughs> I, like we, you never see. It's it's not that we haven't seen Kendall tipsy. It's not that, but that level of comfort and just frankly not giving a fuck to have that type of PDA. Typically, in her past relationships. I'm not saying she hasn't been that carefree, but from what we've seen, we haven't seen that carefree side. And I think that that was probably intentional. You know, it's something she always keeps private. So here she goes to the Drake concert with Kim, which already, whether Bad Bunny's there or not, that's already going to be content we care about. She's then there with Bad Bunny, who's like, I don't know, I get the sense that he takes her out of that a little bit more reserve zone she typically operates within. That's what it seems like. I mean, they were so drunk in the best way possible, having so much fun, kind of, I don't mean this in a way where it was sloppy, but like falling all over each other in the sense of they were just so happy and comfortable to be together and having the best time. And you can tell, like you said, like he brings out a side of her that we just haven't seen. And I don't know if that's a testament to specifically him because it's not like we know his personality so well to be able to be like, well, you know, Bad Bunny, he's just so fun. And like, <laughs> you know, like it's always like that. Like we obviously don't know that, but it's clearly a testament to their relationship that that side of her is brought out. <laughs> you know, Bad Bunny, you know, Benito. You know, Bad Bunny, you know, Benito. <laughs> that's you know, Benito always is. No, no, that's that's a new thing. That's going to stick. I'm going to say that to you randomly tomorrow at 3 p.m. You're going to have no idea. Yeah, you know, you know how Benito is. <laughs> Wait, but yes, I so, so, so agree. There's something different. And by the way, like this is coming from us who, you know, of course, supportive to anyone Kendall wants to date. But even when her and Devin broke up, I remember us coming on here and being like, of course, sad for them if they're sad, happy for them if this is what they wanted. But like, we can't uh, pretend to assign so much emotion to it because we really didn't know anything about it. Whereas 
hypothetically, if her and Bad Bunny were to break up, let's say two months down the line, no part of me is going to be distraught. But now I have this very specific memory that I can associate with their relationship. Whereas if I'm thinking Kendall and Devin are one of her other exes, my vision is probably her courtside. And then a couple of photos on Instagram that to anyone else would probably be considered a soft launch. Well, also let's talk about not just the comfort that they clearly have with each other, the comfort that Kim feels with them. No, Kim being their photographer for the night was taking me out. No, she was killing me. And I just, listen, like you said, it's not like we had the best insight into Kendall and her past relationships, but I can't exactly imagine Devin Booker being down for a drunk photo shoot with Kim being the one that's like fucking around taking the photos of them. Like I can't get over and I can't believe that this was all content that we got because it was happening at Drake. That was the whole thing. It was like, by the way, for a moment, I forgot that the setting was the Drake concert. Like it could have been anywhere, right? They could have been at any sort of event and this could have been going on and I would have lost it. They could have been in a private concert in their backyard with fucking Sia performing. But then I had that moment of zoning back in and being like, wait, all of this is happening and also Drake's right there. No, it's like, let me give you some of the best content you've ever seen in your life. And as if that wasn't enough, like, Dianu, there is Drake performing the entire time. Well, that's the other thing about this, because obviously to me, the main event, even though Kendall and Bad Bunny was certainly something I was interested in, was really Kim during Search and Rescue, which we can get into in a second. But I actually think if you zoom out for a second, as we know, of course, Drake is a friend of the family. There's been dating rumors about him and various sisters for years now. But any of that aside, he this week announced a song coming out with Bad Bunny. And just a few weeks ago, he has Devin Booker at his concert and he's shouting him out to the entire crowd. So it's like, not only has Drake become very kind of Kardashian adjacent in terms of the association, the rumors, the friendships that we know do exist, but then also he happens to be very close with Kendall's current and most recent ex-boyfriend. Well, that's kind of the thing with Drake, right? It's like, if you're famous and you exist in the scene of Hollywood, which not every famous person does exist in the scene, by the way. But if you exist in the scene, you're pretty much guaranteed to have some sort of a connection to Drake. Like, I was thinking about the fact that Stoss was there with Jaden, which we have to talk about later in this episode too. But if you remember when Stoss did that very famous, very viral video of her doing the calling, FaceTiming, and then hanging up, Drake was one of the people that was you know, featured in that, which we all couldn't get over at the time. But there's also been multiple times where Stas has been at a party with Drake, where Kendall's been at a party with Drake, where Drake's been at one of Kendall's birthday parties. Like all, everybody is so intertwined in that area. Well, what about the fact that Zach Bia, who is like Drake's right-hand man and also opens for him at his shows is literally Stas's best friend and also business partner in Sunny Vodka. Like the, the connections are never ending. If you are going into a concert like that and you're looking in the celebrity box and you're trying to find the connections, you could do it until you're blue in the face because it's nonstop. So then, okay, we have all of that, right? And and by the way, yes, to Sauce and Jaden, we obviously have to talk about that later. I know there's a select few people that care about that, but if you care, you really fucking care. M- more on that later. Got to go to Kim during Search and Rescue because holy shit. Um, I actually like the way that I feel about the fact that we haven't brought that up is like, it's such a testament to the way that I felt about Kendall and Bad Bunny because I clearly cared so much about their relationship and their interaction that I was willing to wait on like what I was actually more excited about. I, I know. And okay, I know most of you are caught up, but just 30 seconds of context for anyone who isn't. As we know, Drake's song, Search and Rescue, has the audio of Kim from that episode of Kardashians where she's talking about her divorce from Kanye saying, I didn't come this far just to come this far and not be happy. And 
you know, we've always known that her voice is in that song. And Julie and I were saying after we went to the Drake concert at MSG, like it was so crazy to be there, you know, tripping. And all of a sudden you hear Kim's voice over the speakers at MSG. And now fast forward, we have Kim at the concert, not only hearing her own voice, but she is singing it out loud. And like in some of the TikToks, which by the way, we are going to put a plethora of links in the description so that you can get every single angle in the way that we did. She is screaming it so you can actually hear her real audio overlaid of the audio in the song. And I was just like, the way this has evolved is so wild. Because again, I go back to when the clip from Search and Rescue was initially released before the song even came out. And we were losing it at Kim's audio being there because it felt so intentional. And of course, you know, that sparked a million rumors about what really went on with them and just just a million things. So then for Kim to be at this concert, she's basically chaperoning Kendall and Bad Bunny. She's their photographer for the night. She's in the most classic skin tight Kim K outfit, the pink boots, the pink furry Chanel. And she's singing her sample at the Drake show. I was like... No, this I need a minute. The way that I feel about this clip of Kim's voice in the song is like, I have underestimated it at every single turn. Like when it first (laughs) came out, I remember you and I coming on here and saying like, this is like gonna live and be a viral thing for like a minute. And then we're gonna forget this song even exists because it's not like, it's not like a main Drake track off one of his albums. It's just like a song that was released. Okay, that was the initial reaction. Then the song gets a little bigger and we're like, okay, you know, this is kind of something, this is, you know, living on a little bit longer than I expected it to be. Then we're going to the Drake concert and I'm, you know, constantly listening to the set list to prepare. And I'm like, wow, can't believe of all of the songs that he could do, he is choosing to do this one at the show. But never did I expect that Kim's audio was going to be fucking playing at MSG. Then we get to the show. It's one of the biggest songs of the night. Kim's voice is booming at Madison Square Garden, which gave me chills throughout my body in a way I never expected. But then... That was all we had for the conversation. At no point did you and I sit here and be like, wow, I wonder if Kim will ever end up at the Drake show and hear her own voice. And so we open our phone to all of these TikToks of not only Kendall and Bad Bunny having the time of their lives at the fucking show, but then we get Kim reacting to her own voice being (laughs) sampled in a Drake song at his concert with her fucking there. I'm sorry. I need like not, I don't need a minute. I need like a million minutes. I know it is so wild. And by the way, the fact that we never thought about that here are me and you who all we do is discuss hypotheticals to the point that I think it could be considered annoying to some because it's like, all right, just talk about what's actually happening. But all we want to do is fantasize about potential scenarios that could exist. And never once when Drake and Kim are two of our favorite topics of conversation, we have never once thought of the idea of her being at his concert in general, let alone her being at his concert singing along to her own voice. I can't believe, I, I'm just so surprised. I'm not disappointed because I'm actually so much happier we didn't think about it because the shock was so worth it. But I'm really genuinely surprised that that was never a thought process that occurred for either one of us. I honestly am too. Like when I saw it, I was like, wait, I didn't even, I didn't even think of this. I, I stupidly didn't even think that Kim would be at the show for some reason. No, I never considered the possibility of her being there. It just like, it, it never crossed my mind. I thought it would be the type of thing where Kylie, Kendall, Stoss, that whole group would go together. Yeah, I was surprised Kylie wasn't there actually. Maybe she was still away for her birthday. Who knows? Could you fucking imagine if her and Timmy made their debut with Kendall and Bad Bunny at that concert? I actually am. I think we would have died. That box? No. No. <laughs> Imagine Kim taking photos of 
Kendall, Bad Bunny, Kylie, and Timothy. Kim is the photographer. No, let me let me do you one better. All of that, and then on top of it, Timothy is singing along with Kim to her line in Search and Rescue. No, I, I wouldn't have been able to handle that. I can barely handle the fact that us talking about Kendall and Bad Bunny and Kim being there happened in the first place. I can't throw in the hypothetical of Kylie and Timmy being there, also having a photo shoot. Timmy also mouthing along the words of Kim Sample in the song because like, no, I'm sorry. I just like, I cannot accept a reality where like I would be given so much pop culture overload that I would then have to process that. I'm only, I'm actually almost happy that Kylie and Timmy weren't there because I don't know how I would have been able to function. It is, it's it's too much to even think about. Also, the video of Drake walking up and he directly passes Kim and like everyone on Twitter is like, look at Drake not even acknowledging Kim. The only angle that I saw, he definitely didn't stop. Like for sure he didn't stop and hug her or anything like that. But the only angle that I've seen, and again, we will put these links, I'm sure, even though I'm sure most of you have seen this, is when he's walking up the stairs and she's, she's watching him. Like she is eyeing him as he comes up. I'm not saying in a flirty way. I'm just saying she is. And- when he walks past her, you can see she's like beaming, smiling, looking at him. So I I do think there must've been a look exchanged because I don't think she would have had that look if he wasn't. Although he confirmed didn't stop, at least on that time, which in my mind, of course, I was waiting for that. I know she was, she was waiting at the top where they were like a, where's my hug kind of vibe, but <laughs> it wasn't flirty, but you could tell, you could tell she wanted to be acknowledged. He must've smiled or bowed something to her because you can only see him from the back and she reacts to him. Like, it's not like she's just smiling as he goes up. Like he's, he, he gives her some sort of a look or something. And she, the reaction is like a little bit of a giggle laugh. That's that's what I think. So again, though, I've only seen that one angle. If, and I'm and maybe after we record this, we will get more videos on our for you page that will come out. If anyone has a great angle, feel free to send it along. But it was it's so funny that Drake and Kim are existing in this scenario together, and Kim is the "Where's My Hug" one. Like, yes, <laughs> like Drake is CEO of "Where's My Hug." Yeah, Drake invented "Where's My Hug," by the way. So for Kim to be standing there, but she was giddy like a fucking schoolgirl. You know what it made me realize? Like, again, I know anytime we talk about Kim and Drake cooking up, any sort of hypothetical, like it all exists in this completely made up world. Like, yes, there's been so many rumors about it and and so many different things that have come out that have never been confirmed. And, you know, you and I have obviously hypothesized about that a million times and like none of it rooted in fact, but all of it rooted in like the most extreme fantasy of what we would want to happen. But watching the way that Kim reacted to him as he was coming up the stairs, it's like, if it was going to happen, she would not stop it from happening. The other thing that it made me feel though, watching not only that clip where she is just beaming, but also generally how much fun she was having that night and how into the whole experience she was, was like, oh, so you get it too. Like you get it in a very different way than I do, but for that moment, for that night, you are a fan and you are being taken by this artist in the way that a lot of us are also. Well, remember when Kim was on SNL and she was talking about Pete and she was saying like, you know, I wasn't thinking anything of it. And then we had this kiss during the Aladdin sketch and it was like, oh, what was that? Like she had this moment of like, oh, I haven't felt that in a while. I'm not saying that's what happened at the Drake concert or anything is going to come as a result of it. But I do feel like I was watching her have this moment of like, Oh, I'm seeing him a little differently right now. I don't know if she was or if she wasn't, or this is entirely in our head, but that is the story that I'm sticking to. And by the way, I still maintain that I I can't imagine it were to ever exist in a public domain because I just think that 
it's not something she's trying to do, but who knows? Who knows what could have happened? What could happen? I, I will hold on to that probably for forever. Just to engage with this for a second, you know, something that we obviously know about Kim is the way in which other people's work ethic kind of affects her own life. Like Kim derives a lot of the respect that she has for another individual based on what she perceives their work ethic to be. And so when we talk a lot of the times about her relationship with Courtney, we know that a lot of the areas in which they butt heads comes from the fact that Kim doesn't really respect Courtney's work ethic. And so I think that if you were to take the way that Kim approaches that in all of the areas of her life and all the relationships she has with people, you can kind of zone in on it in terms of like, attraction and romantic relationships, where that is probably one of the main qualities that she is looking for in a partner, just like that overwhelming and matched work ethic. And so I'm not saying that she was at the Drake concert and had this realization of like, oh, this guy works hard. Like this work ethic is so there and clearly on display. I'm not saying that that's the case or that anything is going to come from her being at his concert and seeing him. But I do think that if you're, you know, thinking about the way that Kim looks at other people, I have to imagine that there was a moment of attraction there watching Drake on stage do his thing for, you know, tens of thousands of people and having this acknowledgement of how attractive it is to see somebody, you know, really work hard and be adored as a result of it. Absolutely. And even if we remove it from the context of her being in the environment where said person's work ethic is really on display, let's just talk about the fact of She's got Kim Air, he's got Air Drake. And I think if you're Kim, forget Drake, but whoever this person is that has a very comparable jet, I think she loves the idea of them both pulling up to the runway in their blacked out Maybachs. I guess hers is more of like a chromed out Maybach, you know, entering separately, giving each other a kiss, and then going on their separate flights to do their business dealings in whatever cities or countries they're going to. Like, I think Kim at this stage of her life recognizes the mogul that she is and really wants that to be matched in some way. Of course, doesn't need to be the same level of fame, the same whatever, but it needs to feel for her equal, I think. And I think she would feel very equal with him. And I know we're talking about something that doesn't exist and we can get off of it because it's it's a fantasy that most likely in our lifetime will never come to fruition and that is totally okay. But, you know, it, it's like, if we're gonna talk about this so much without her being at his concert ever existing, we at least gotta devote a few minutes to it and we actually get the content that we've been so deeply craving. Right. Like we can talk about this in fantasy for hours and hours. And even so much of this conversation that was sparked from something very real existed in fantasy. But the baseline here is that Kim was at Drake's concert. Drake did put audio of Kim in one of his songs that played at his concert that she was there to experience. And then after his concert, there was an after party that she attended. All of those are very real things. Anything that we choose to do with that information as a result in terms of fantasizing or discussing or debriefing is absolutely our prerogative because at the very least, we're doing it based off something that actually happened. Right. It's, it's not like the Harry Styles, Jen Aniston conversation that was sparked purely from like something that came to me in a dream. I still think about that. And I still think we're right. <laughs> Obviously same, but it's not, it's, that's not, that's not a hill I'm dying on, you know? No, but it's one to just always have in the back of our minds. It's a hill I'm sitting on. I'll lay on that hill. I'm not going to die on it, but I'll, I'll frolic. I'm not going to lie to you. If there's a hill, I'll sit on it. I'll sit anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> we're just in it for the sit. <laughs> 
So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen and every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. So I don't know if you guys suffer from allergies, but kind of a new development in my life is that I apparently do. I didn't used to, but in the last few years, I've noticed specifically as the seasons change that I start to have allergies. And to me, there is nothing more uncomfortable than that feeling of nasal congestion. Like you just don't feel like yourself. And I was really looking for something that worked because so much of this stuff doesn't work. And I found Astapro to be really helpful. So I think it could be for you too, if you deal with this kind of stuff. So Astapro is a first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24 hour over-the-counter allergy spray. And it starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24 hour steroid-free allergy spray. And Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. By the way, that 30 minutes thing is real. And for me to have relief in 30 minutes is just a game changer. Get fast acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O-Allergy.com. Astapro and go. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. I know we're almost a week out from this happening and so many other things have came and went in terms of Twitter virality, but we haven't had a podcast since then and not talking about it is just simply not an option. As I'm sure you have all seen, last Wednesday, August 9th, the last night of this leg of Taylor Swift's Eras Tour, Carly Kloss is not only in attendance, but in attendance in general admissions, sitting in the bleachers with you know your average fan. And when I tell you this was one of the more fun times to have been on Twitter, I really mean it because this shit was blowing up. Twitter was killing me. Twitter was absolutely killing me. And I mean, by the way, I think that Carly Kloss being there in general would have sent the internet into a frenzy because this is one of those relationships in Hollywood where everybody still has the question of what happened. I I was going to say including Jennifer Lawrence, but mainly Jennifer Lawrence, who famously asked the question, like, what is going on with Taylor Swift and Carly Kloss? Because I would like to know. But for her to not be in the VIP tent where we have seen every single celebrity and their mother over the past couple of months there was like, it felt fake. It really did feel fake. And you know the POV that I am desperately craving? I want the POV from the first fan sitting there to notice it. Because if you are sitting at that concert and already you are there for the last night of this leg of this tour, you're going in, 
Carly Kloss or no Carly Kloss, your adrenaline is skyrocketing. You are on a high just simply being there before even Taylor comes out. Like that feeling when, when you love an artist that much, it, it's overwhelming. And so for then to turn to your left and to see two rows behind you, might I add, is Carly Kloss. And you turn to your friend and you're like, holy shit, is that Carly Kloss? And they're like, no fucking way. And then probably 30 seconds later, you're like, I'm telling you right now, that's Carly Claus. Like the first person to notice that to me is going down in history. Well, also, by the way, imagine noticing that and then having that moment of like, no, it can't be because she's she's in like the same section as us. Like, why would Carly Claus be in our section? You know what I mean? Whereas like if you were sitting right next to the stage or if you were right near the VIP tent, you would have that moment being like, holy shit, I think that's Carly Claus. And then the setting that you're in would confirm it for you. If you are sitting in like the 200s, for example, and you turn and you see what you think is Carly Claus, you have that moment of like, but it couldn't possibly, what is she sitting sitting with us? Like, how is that her? And then you have this moment of like, holy shit, it's actually her. Like, what a roller coaster to go on. It, what a roller coaster to go on, which I feel like we all were on that, not even being there. So I can't even imagine being there. But, you know, the thing with Taylor and Carly is that they obviously had a very, very close friendship. Of course, there had been speculation and rumors about more than just a friendship happening for years, of course, never confirmed by either party, but they really haven't been seen together in public since what, 2016? It's been seven or so years since we've seen that type of relationship. As we know, Carly got married to Joshua Kushner, October, 2018. Taylor wasn't there at the time. Page Six reported that Carly's rep said that Taylor was, quote, unable to attend due to prior commitments, but that was a huge deal because obviously people had known something was off for the last few years, but then for there to be this major life event that occurred and for Taylor not to be there, that was a huge signal of, okay, we knew something was off, but now we really know something's off. And then a year after that, 2019, there's photos of Carly hanging out with Scooter Braun just months after you know it was announced that he bought Taylor's master. So like, there's been so much, even though we have seen so little, there's been so much conversation about this for so many years. And it's the kind of thing where like everyone across the board, regardless of where your specific pop culture interest is most rooted in, everyone's interested in this because it just went from being so close and intimate of a friendship to so non-existent with such little explanation that the only thing the public was left to do was speculate. It's like, we as pop culture enthusiasts are going to speculate regardless. It just comes with the territory. But when you have something that there is such a stark contrast from like, they were objectively ridiculously close. Like, just like platonically, any other rumors that arose, that's just a whole separate conversation. But just as a friendship, it was like, they, she was in that crew, in that girl crew, like in a huge way. To then it being radio silent, everyone I think was just overtaken by a curiosity that by the way, was never fulfilled. It's like a curiosity that has lingered. And because of there being really no solid information other than rumors and blind items and things you may hear from inside sources, like we never really got the full tea. So then for her to reappear in the general admission section of this concert, it is it is the best addition to this ongoing story. Well, when we were talking about Kylie and Jordan being seen getting dinner, we were, I don't know if we said this on the podcast or if it was when you and I were talking about it, but we were saying like, what is this comparable to? Like, this feels like such a big deal. Is there anything that we can think of that would be like the equivalent of this. And I said, the only thing that I can think of would be if we saw Carly Kloss and Taylor Swift going to get dinner together. And 
So that kind of, you know, <laughs> puts into terms the magnitude of what this friendship and the dissolving of the friendship, <laughs> you know, how big of a deal that was. They spent all of their time together. There was a Rolling Stone interview where Taylor was giving a tour of her house and famously pointed at a room and was like, oh, this is where Carly stays when she's here. And it was a room that was described as having pictures of them all together and a Whole Foods basket of all of Carly's favorite foods. I mean, this was a friendship that ran really deep and was really, really very, very public. And that was Taylor's number, number, number one person for a very, very long time. And so I think people always have this understanding of like, when you are that close with a person, it's not a friendship that just kind of dissolves where it's like, oh, you know, we moved on to different places of our lives and, you know, we kind of lost touch. Like that doesn't really happen with a friendship that exists in the capacity that Carly and Taylor did. And so people have always wondered what is the falling out? What has occurred? The thing that I cannot stop thinking about is just looking at this from Carly's lens and, and her perspective of like, you know, not only the intensity with which the public has hypothesized about what went on there for forever, for the last seven years, like you already know the public interest for your rumored falling out is at an all time high, coupled with the fact that the public adoration of Taylor Swift is also at an all time high, not saying she isn't always adored, not saying she isn't always loved and very famous, but like right now in the height of the Eras tour, she's one of the most famous people ever, like not just artists, famous people in the entire world, which so much public love and attention on. So if you are Carly, you know what your sheer presence is going to create, but then you know that you're going and you are not in VIP. You are sitting in the bleachers like the rest of us. And you know, the headlines and the narratives that are going to run from that. Like to me, that is such an act of putting pride aside. Like she was going there as a fan. She was going there, not giving one single fuck about how it looks because how it looks is that we know that something must've happened between the two of them. It wasn't like, you know, they just, as you said, it wasn't like life just got in the way. Clearly something big had to have happened. And so naturally people take sides. And so if you're looking at it from that and you're Carly, it's like, you know, what you being there is going to make the public think in terms of like, wow, Taylor really came out on top of this one and you're down so bad that you're coming to her concert and you're sitting in the bleachers because you couldn't get in the VIP tent. Like that is the most non-celebrity thing I have ever seen in the world of celebrities, specifically someone like a Carly Kloss, who's, you know, very in it, like married to a Kushner supermodel, very familiar with the politics and the dynamics of this entire thing. Like you are just so willing to come regardless. I can't explain to you how big of a deal that feels to me. I don't know if it really is, but to me, that is like such a big deal because it is so non-typical celebrity behavior. It is so not what a publicist would advise. I mean, it is in the sense of you're getting so much publicity, but in like a very interesting way, I mean, I guess it is a good way because it signals this like not giving a fuck, which is actually kind of appealing. It's like, you're really just coming as a fan and what's more attractive than that. But in the quote, who won battle? Like, if you want to look at it from that, it's definitely not putting her on top. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So yes, like a million percent. And I think that was like a major, major reaction of the internet. I will say that if we were going to look at it from a different angle for a second, like a little bit more of a sentimental angle in terms of their friendship or the way that their friendship existed, you could also look at it from just like, Kind of like a, you know what? No matter what, I'll show up for you. Yes. Because if you remember, one of the bigger moments of their friendship or their lack of a friendship was there were a million rumors swirling about 
them not speaking anymore. It was being asked in every single interview what was going on. And Carly was constantly shutting it down. I don't think we ever heard from Taylor about it once there seemed to be some sort of an issue, but Carly was really shutting it down left and right that there was a problem. She gave an interview with the New York Times and she said Taylor was still one of her best friends. She was on Watch What Happens Live, I believe, and made a comment about her and Taylor still being friends. Like She very much denied that there was an issue between the two of them when there was clearly an issue between the two of them. And then when Taylor was on her reputation tour, Carly Instagrammed a picture of the two of them backstage. And that was a huge deal because that, again, was at the height of what seemed to be issues between the two of them. And so I do feel like from Carly's perspective, there is the possibility of like, you know what? I will maintain this friendship in the way that I view it, even if you don't view it that way. And like, if that means you're in LA for a concert and I'm not going to, you know, ask you for VIP, I'm not going to reach out to your team because it's not appropriate between the two of us and the state of our friendship, I'm still going to show up for you out of support. Right. And for me, that's a mindset that I can really get on board with because I do think it adds kind of like a far less cynical and a little bit more sentimental kind of positive spin on it, which is like, you know what, no matter what's going on with us, I possibly have hope for a a rekindling in the future. And I want it to be known for my sake, for your sake, that on what will be considered a very historic tour, I was there and I got to see it and I didn't let our bullshit get in the way. Like to me, it's, I, I don't know. It just signals something that is so much more than like, she just wanted to go see the music. It's, it's just, I'm sorry. It's just, it's not just that, you know, yes, obviously it came as like her coming as a fan, but there had to have been something deeper inside going on for her to be present there because she knows, she knows so well how this was going to play out. This is not someone that's new to the game. No, and by the way, these aren't fans that are new to the game. You could be a celebrity who had a friend falling out that maybe the fans didn't even notice of a specific artist or maybe they noticed, they knew you had a falling out, but they weren't personally involved and they didn't care or you could show up and you know fans wouldn't necessarily think anything of you being there These are not those types of fans. She could have shown up at a restaurant that had nothing to do with Taylor wearing a blue dress and fans would have been like, oh my God, Carly Kloss seen at Taylor's favorite restaurant wearing her favorite color, like 13 plus 89 equals like, these are fans who will take note of every single thing. And so to show up at her concert, that's a whole other level of of attention being placed on you. That is an audience that is going to take note of that in a way that you maybe couldn't even have expected. And so I agree. I think it has to be more than just the music. It, it, it has to be. Although I will say, just to, you know, POV of a Taylor fan, the one response that I would have of that is like, well, she should have thought about that before she was seen hanging out with Scooter Braun two months after he bought her master's. Because I think that there's probably a lot that can be forgiven. Again, we don't know the dynamic of when one on there. I don't even mean between Taylor and Carly. I mean more between Taylor's fans and Carly. But that's not one of those things. No, and of course, if you're going through the timeline of what transpired with them, that event does feel very pivotal. I, I just, this was too much. This was absolutely too much to handle. And to your point about you know, you're not going to get a pass to anyone, but specifically you are not getting a pass to Taylor fans. It's like all of those articles that you read about any celebrity where it's like eagle-eyed fans notice that da, da, da. Taylor Swift fans invented the term eagle-eyed. Like every article ever that cites fans as being eagle-eyed could never even compare to the most in tune Taylor Swift fans. And so, yes, to your point, the theories could have been made regardless, but this is the type of thing where there is absolutely no room for, is it going to be something that's talked about? 
Iya. So the weather is finally getting a little warmer. And one of the most fun parts about the season changing is kind of the wardrobe revamp that comes along with that. And if you're looking to update your wardrobe without spending a fortune, I want to introduce you to Quince because I really think that they do quality essentials kind of better than anyone I found. And I've told you guys about them before, but specifically as the weather is getting warmer, their linen dresses, like such an easy throw on, so comfortable, such good quality. To me, if you put on a linen dress with a pair of white sneakers, a little cardigan over your shoulders, to me, that is such a chic look. Also, they're washable silk blouses. They are so comfortable, but you look so put together. They have great like scoop neck t-shirts, just comfortable, easy staples. Like that is what I like about them. I think that you can really build just a quality wardrobe collection with their essentials. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes those savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm rather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. Okay, so I want to talk cookware for a second because I haven't told you guys about this company and I recently tried their products and I fully understand the hype now. So they're called Great Jones and they make really high quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that also happens to be beautiful. Like I know it's kind of a weird way to describe cookware, but you'll see what I mean when you go on the website. In terms of colors, they have your classic black and white, but they also have pinks, greens, yellows, blues, just like really vibrant, fun colors. And everything is non-toxic. So they have, you know, Dutch oven, ceramic dishes, non-stick sheet pans. Everything is non-toxic to me. That's huge. And we all know, like, I'm not the biggest cook, but I have my staples. And I got originally from them the Fry family, which is the eight and 10 inch ceramic non-stick pans. And they're just great. I got them in the white because that matches the best with my kitchen. I love cooking on them. And I also, I know, again, it sounds kind of weird, but I love the way they look in my kitchen. And the thing is, once you get these, you're going to want to get them for your friends. So they make incredible gifts for weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays, whatever occasion you need. It's a great gift. Upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code CBC. That's greatjones.com, promo code CBC. Okay, so just a few other things to mention. None of these are breaking news. They're just things that we wanted to discuss. The first is these paparazzi photos of Harry Styles and rumored girlfriend, Taylor Russell. We'll put the link in the description for anyone who didn't see them. This is from page six. Harry was photographed cozying up to his rumored girlfriend, Taylor Russell, in London following her performance in The Effect at the National Theater Wednesday evening. After the show, Harry, who attended the play with James Corden and his wife, Julia, went into Russell's dressing room, we're told, quote, it looked like they were holding hands, a source tells page six. Quote, Harry stayed by Taylor's side the whole time. He introduced her to James and was whispering to her and laughing and smiling. We hear Styles and Russell, both 29, stayed at the after party at the bar for about an hour before he was spotted leaving the soiree through a side door while carrying her suitcase and purse. Which these photos send me because just anytime we get Harry with any person who's rumored to be a love interest, it excites me. But then when he just looks so smitten, like if I knew nothing, right? And you know, somehow Harry Styles was not this massive celebrity. And I was just given those photos. I would be like, oh, he's really into her. Like, who is that? In the sense of like, he just seemed like so taken by her. Oh, I was living for these pictures. I also think a huge aspect of this that can't be ignored 
is one, there feels like there was like a little bit of a switch since we got those Amrata photos where maybe he's a little bit more willing to be public with quote love interests and allow us to see a little bit of that PDA. Although if you remember, you know, there are the famous yacht pictures of him and Kendall where maybe he hasn't fully shied away from that in the past. And it was kind of the Olivia relationship that was more private in terms of his other relationships. But I think the main thing with Harry is just, this is the post-tour era that we're seeing him in. You know, this tour that he was on lasted two years. It was a constant joke of like, is Harry ever going to be let free of this never-ending tour? And so to now see him kind of living his best life, being free, you know, he was in Italy. Now he's in London with Taylor Russell. Like, I think it's just fun to see him doing this. For me, it is very fun. For me, I'm having a great time. And I think so much of that Taylor Russell or no Taylor Russell is just the fact that this tour has come to a close and you can imagine the high that he is probably on as a result of that. But yeah, I I was obsessed with these photos. We don't really know more. It seems, you know, there the reports are saying this is his rumored girlfriend. The term girlfriend has been used multiple times. So we will see how that progresses. I think they are an absolutely stunning couple. She's probably most well known for her role in Bones and All, which was obviously also featuring Timothy Chalamet. I just, I don't know. There's really nothing to say other than I love myself a paparazzi photo of Harry Styles cozying up to someone that he seems to be infatuated by. I'll never get tired of it. And knowing all that is going on with the Olivia tattoo still on his thigh, yeah, it contributes to a visual I may be having. Absolutely. A few other quick things. This is not news. I just like, we just had this conversation yesterday and we were like, let's mention it on the podcast and see if anyone else has anything to say. I'm sure many of you have come to know Bobby Altoff, who is the host of this podcast called The Really Good Podcast. And she kind of puts on this sarcastic, a little bit cynical persona that seems to be very vastly different from her real persona, which is bubbly and charming. And, you know, she goes into the zone when interviewing celebrities such as Drake and Little Yachty and Tyga and Mark Cuban. And it's unbelievable the way that I would say she's kind of taken the industry by storm in the last few months and really has these massive names. And she had this interview with Drake. It went absolutely viral. They were following each other on Instagram. She was recently at his concert. And then people started to notice in the last week that they unfollowed each other and the interview was taken off of YouTube, which like my initial thought when I heard that was, oh, it's probably just part of the bit. Then I was like, you don't really take a video off YouTube as part of the bit. So I just have no idea if something actually happened. Like I couldn't imagine a falling out would have occurred for something that seemed to be like such a lighthearted mutually beneficial relationship, but I'm just like genuinely curious if anyone has insight or if this is something that we're just not in on, like a joke that we're not in on. I'm so confused by this. Like a lot of people were comparing it to Drake's relationship with Ice Spice where they had been following each other, they had been friends, and then there was a falling out. But that happened as a result of her music and her not signing with his label. I don't know if that was for... uh you know, production or management. I'm not 100% sure there, but there was definitely some sort of a business falling out there. I can't imagine what would be a business falling out between him and Bobby considering Hurling is podcasting unless it was something that maybe he was trying to get into. I, I don't know, but it all happened very, very quickly. It's very, very confusing. I have no idea what could have possibly happened, although I have to imagine that it's something business related. I truly, when I tell you, I have absolutely no idea because there's still a part of me that feels like it's just deeply committed to the bit. She was just at his concert on Saturday. I don't know. I truly do not know. I'm not even like trying to speculate. I I genuinely mean that. So, but if anyone does have insight or if again, we're just totally lost. 
So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. 50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. A little side plot that's emerged that I'm just really enjoying is the fact that not only does Stoss and Jaden seem to be back together, but their mutual adoration of skims and them doing these like really kind of sexual organic promos for it. I just, I'm just so here for the whole thing. I'm really into Stoss and Jaden as a couple. Like when they broke up for a second there, I think I was upset because the first leg of this relationship was somewhat short-lived, but it, what? <laughs> not, not the first leg, what the is this, first, the Eras tour? <laughs> the first leg of the Jaden and Stas Eras tour was a little bit short-lived <laughs> in the sense of like, it, they kind of soft-launched it and then they hard-launched it. And then she was like on tour with him. And then all of a sudden it was radio silence and they never acknowledged it. But then all of a sudden they were posting again. I was like, fuck yes, we're back. I, I feel so bad. I know there's, this is one of those sections that's split into people that are like, yes, you guys are speaking my language. Like the people that DM us every single one of those stories, you're right here for this. And then there's the people like Ryan's mom who listens religiously who's probably like, who the fuck are they talking about? Stas, as we all know, is an influencer who's also Kylie Jenner's best friend. Jaden Hostler got his start on TikTok and is now really made a career for himself as a musician. And they had this kind of on again, off again romance, but it seems that they are very much on again. And like I said, they're posting not only, you know, videos and photos together, but also photos of them in bed, both wearing Skims boxers, ribbed boyfriend collection. Like they're doing the damn thing. I love a really hot couple where you would never in a million years be able to explain to your grandparents how or why they're famous. Yes, (laughs) yes. And the thing we always talk about here is not that it's, necessary in order to explain who these people are or why this is 
worthy of mentioning because I don't actually think in their lives this crossover matters, but the Travis Barker connection always is just interesting because Travis and Machine Gun Kelly really, I think, kind of took Jaden in, in terms of, you know, getting his start in the music industry, which of course, not that Stoss and Travis Barker have this relationship, but, you know, Travis is in the Kardashian family, again, just to prove the point of how everything is so intertwined. Everything is so intertwined. And by the way, speaking of TikTok musicians, like we got some pretty big news yesterday. Oh, the the Addison Rae bombshell? When I tell you, get ready for an Eras Stadium tour in 2033, like <laughs> I am, am, I'm not kidding. This is what we needed. I mean, I'm not afraid to say it. It's just bop after bop. I'm, I'm right there for it. I was, before we even got on this morning, I was just thinking to myself, my lips to die for. <laughs> no, that song is literally... It was it was under it was underappreciated in its prime, and its prime was only two years ago. So we have a lot of time to make up for what we as a society failed to realize in the moment, but quickly realized a couple of months after the fact. Yeah, I also think that for Addison, it's like you know you really see all these different TikTokers and their trajectories sometimes happening against their will, and sometimes because it's exactly what they want their career to be. And like, if you looked at Addison and Charlie, who at the time were very evenly matched in terms of just what was happening with them and the way they were going so viral and, you know, these opportunities that were really sparking from this. And then Charlie really stayed that course. You know, she did the damn thing in terms of the D'Amelios having a show and them having their footwear line and continuing the TikTok. Like they went full steam ahead, whereas Addison really pulled back, you know, for whatever reason, it just didn't seem as appealing to her. And I think that lane just felt less aligned with her passion because I really do feel that music is what she wanted to lean more into. And so there, she kind of took a beat, but I wonder you know, how she'll reemerge in that regard. I think what happened, it was like kind of funny to watch roll out, but I think what happened is that music was the lane that she wanted to get into. And in terms of kind of like a stereotypical bubblegum pop star, like Addison, I know it sounds funny. I think that if you haven't been like following her in this specific way, but Addison really has all of the makings of it. Like she she has a very um, 2000s nostalgic pop star feel. And so what happened was when she released Obsessed, I think the initial reaction a lot of people had, especially people who weren't as into her, weren't as attached to her, was like, oh my God, all of these TikTok stars keep making music. Like it's enough. Like we don't care. Like they didn't give it the time of day. And then something that happened is that the song became like a little bit campy. And so, you know, Twitter kind of went crazy for it. And the internet was listening to it almost in like an ironic, but not ironic way. And then she had other music that got leaked that she had never put out. And everyone was like bopping along to it again in a very ironic, not ironic, campy way. And so I think that people have kind of been waiting to see if this music that people actually responded really well to because they were having so much fun with it, if that would then cause this reaction where she would then put out the music that she probably didn't intend on putting out after seeing the, I don't think it was a negative reaction to Obsessed, but seeing maybe a more cynical reaction to Obsessed. So what I think we're seeing now is her really catching on to what people have been asking for, which is like the official release of her music. I hope so. I mean, (laughs) from your mouth to God's ears, I think it would be such a fun you know, career path of hers to follow. And I also think what would be the most fun about it is that like, it's always fun to watch someone when you can tell that they're enjoying it. And in the beginning, it felt like Addison was really enjoying TikTok and enjoying all of that. And then you could tell she wasn't, it wasn't there for her. Like, 
you know, they say you can tell the brightness in someone's eyes when they're doing what they love. Like that, that brightness wasn't there when she was doing those dances anymore. And so I hope that that, if it's what she wants, that it comes back in that way, because I, I feel like it is what she wants. I think that she would love nothing more than her career to really take that path. And I hope that everybody else just leans into how fun it is. Like, have you ever listened to Obsessed in the car, top down, summer's day? Like, it, I'm telling you, I know it sounds funny. It doesn't get better than that. It hits. It gets. It does get better than that, but it, it hits. I mean, listen, we'll agree to disagree. You're just not going to disrespect like Beyonce or Drake like that. It, it does get better, but it's it's pretty fucking good. Okay, here's what I feel. It's yes, of course, as a song, as an artist, as a musician, it gets better. But there is something about singing trashy pop music in the car with your friends that has a different vibe. It hits in a completely different way than anything else. Well, that I certainly can agree with. I've never been more on board for a statement than that. Good. Although yesterday we were, Pop 2K was fucking our shit up. You know what? There's something so nice about the radio. There's something so nice about relinquishing control of having to be the person hooked up to the Bluetooth or the aux code and just saying, it's in your hands now, God. You you, you know what? Z100, show me what you got. I've been telling you that there doesn't always need to be an aux for a drive. Sometimes you can just see what SiriusXM has to offer. And you know what? I feel so strongly about that because I'm always the one hooked up to the aux. And like, it's a really big job, especially for a short drive. It's like, what, I have three songs to make this the best car ride of your life? Can't we just turn on the radio? I, for one, am never on board to giving someone that type of pressure. So if it if you can enjoy the car ride more because you don't have the pressure, then SiriusXM, take all my money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, you guys, I think that is all for today. We will see you later this week for Bravo and Kardashians. And we love you. Thank you for listening and for letting us do this. Let's talk about baby making for a second because it's really not as simple as it's made out to be, meaning there's just factually a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And kind of, you know, for many of us, we spend our lives trying to prevent unwanted pregnancy that when you do want to conceive, there's almost a lack of understanding and resources which is why I want to introduce you to Frida Fertility. Frida Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from egg and sperm health to ovulation tracking to conception aid. And basically what Frida is doing is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. And their products are innovative, easy to use, accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. They're kind of revolutionizing the conception aid game with the at-home insemination kit, which is almost, you can think of it as like a modern, effective solution to the turkey baster. This is baby making simplified. Find Free to Fertility on Amazon, Target, and select CVS near you.